Welcome to the Real Estate Roundtable Podcast, where we sit down with some of the most successful real estate agents, brokers, and team leaders to learn about their journeys in this industry. I'm your host, Art Batuzzi, and as a seasoned real estate agent of 29 years, I'm always fascinated by the stories of how others found success in this business. On this podcast, we'll be talking to our guests about the obstacles they overcame, the lessons they learned, and the tips and strategies they're using in today's ever-changing market. Whether you're a real estate agent, broker, team leader, investor, or just someone interested in real estate, you're in the right place. Our guests come from a variety of backgrounds and they all have unique insights to share. We wanna have fun with these interviews, but we also wanna make sure that you come away with actionable tips that you can implement in your own business. New episodes will be released weekly, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us on the Real Estate Roundtable Podcast. Let's get started. Welcome to the Real Estate Roundtable Podcast. I'm Art Batuzzi, and I'm joined today by a former student of mine, CJ Jimenez with Compass Realty. CJ and I were just talking, and he got his license just about five years ago right now. And as you may already all know, is when I have students that have gone through my class, um, I tend to follow their exploits and their career, usually through social media. And CJ is, is one of the people that I've followed since he started in this business. And I have been um, impressed with the way that he has built his brand. So that's one of the reasons that I wanted CJ to come on the podcast and talk a little bit about how he's done that. So without further ado, let me introduce you all to CJ Jimenez. Hi, CJ. Hey, Art. How you doing? Rocking and rolling, man. Thanks so much for being here. We're happy to have you. You always pump me up. <laughs> I do always pump you up because I think you've done a great job. I really do. I mean, you have gone from being somebody in class who wanted to do this business to somebody who put yourself out there and have, has actually done the business and grown your business year after year. So I think that's fantastic. And I think it's it's an inspiration, honestly, to to people who are getting into this business right now because you know with everything we've got going on in the market and in you know talks about what's going on with the country you know some people are like man should i go after my dream of of getting into real estate so i i want you to talk a little bit about um what did you do before you got into real estate and why did you make the decision to get a real estate license all right so let's get started <laughs> Um, so first and for, foremost, it was, uh, a total coincidence of life. I mean, this wasn't, uh, this wasn't a path that I chose. This wasn't in my five-year plan. This wasn't in my 10-year plan, but, uh, just a little bit of background about myself. So I come from, uh, my background's in, in wireless retail. So I did that for 10 years. 
I sold cell phones for two of the biggest cell phone companies in America. And that, that's how I got my, uh, my sales career started. So I've been doing nothing but sales for the last 15, 16 years. So it's just, it was naturally embedded in me, just part of my DNA now. <laughs> and, uh, I have to say that the training that I received in wireless really, I don't know, was a great segue for my real estate career. It, it was an easy transition for me. You know, I already knew how to talk to people. I already knew how to sell. So really, the only thing I had to learn was what you taught me in, in class art, which was the, the real estate lingo, the real estate acumen, uh, you know, all the legal aspect, the contract disclosures, you know, all that was brand new to me. So. Uh, that was a whole different uh, set of uh, words, vocabulary, vocabulary I had to learn. And, uh, you know, just just the whole ethical process of the business as well. Um, so, yeah, that, that was my that was my past uh, career, 10 years of wireless retail. So then just uh, like I said, out of, out of the way things life work sometimes is just totally weird. Um, one of my friends, one of my best friends actually asked me, He's like, hey, have you ever thought about selling uh, houses as a career? And I'm like, no, no I've never thought about that. And um, just a natural conversation we're having. I'm like, no, I haven't. You know, I, first of all, I, I have no idea how to sell houses. And two, I, I don't know anyone in the business. So he said, you know what? Don't worry about it. I think you have a natural niche for, uh, for selling. I think you would be a great real estate agent. And he's like, I have a... One of my uh, one of my friends, high school buddies, he owns his own um, Remax office, and uh, he's like, I can set you up with an interview and uh, kind of just go from there, right? <laughs> and uh, sure enough, just uh, from a, from a regular conversation we we're having, uh, one thing led to another. The uh, the next day or the next couple of days, I find myself interviewing at a Remax office, and uh, I was like, man, uh, I guess I guess I can do this, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh just took a shot in the dark and i'm like you know what let's let's go for it i was uh i felt like i was already in a in a place where i had outgrown my previous career right in wireless and i wanted to do something new um so you know my previous broker owner uh, mark santoyo he interviewed me gave me a chance he's like hey come on in uh, we're going to set you up for real estate classes though first. So first you got to, you got to pass your real estate class. You got to pass your real estate exam, and then you can come work for me. <laughs> so that's just, that's just the way it naturally goes. Right. Right. And, um, so then, uh, I signed up for, they signed me up for real estate classes. I, I go into your class art, right. Uh, and I remember I was like, man, what am I doing? Like, is this the right thing? It just still didn't sit right with me. And I was like, you know what, let's just go with it. You know what, I, I have I have a good feeling it's going to be, it's going to turn out all right. Um, so I remember I first signed up for your eight-week course, right? And and I was like, man, this is going a little bit too slow for me. I need, a, I need something a little bit more fast-paced. And working in retail, I'm a very fast-paced guy. So <laughs> everything that I do, I, I just do it at a retail pace uh, in, in a way. Uh, so then... Uh, I asked him, like, is there anything I can do to get this done faster? And you were like, yeah, you can take the rapid, uh, the rapid course, right? In two weeks. Right. The um, accelerated. The accelerated course. And I'm like, all right, switch me over. <laughs> and um, so we knocked out the course in two weeks, uh, past the uh past the class. 
Uh, it's not an easy class. I got to tell everyone out there that it's not easy. You got to take it serious. You got to hit the books. You got to review your notes. And uh, but are you have such a way, a very creative way to uh, pick up all the uh, all the material in the class that it just stuck to me. Right. So uh, as soon as I went to take the exam, I went in there super confident. I'm a, I'm a very confident guy as it is, but uh, I, I walked in there super confident. On the first try, I remember I was like, "Oh, I got this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ace this real quick." And uh, guess what? The the test kicked kicked my ass the first. Time. <laughs> I got a, I got fifty percent my first try. <laughs> but the good thing is that you know what? I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna give up. I'm already this far into it. Let me let me go back. So I went in the second time. I was like, again, I felt good. I you know we went through a, like a refresher with you. Uh, second try. Guess what? I got a 73. And I was like, this was back when the uh the passing score was 75, right? So I was like, man, mom was right there. And but you know what? That second try was like, wow, like I'm so close. Is it that I'm not that good at uh at what I'm doing? Is it the test? And it made me question myself. So the test is gonna make you question yourself, make you doubt, like if you're doing the right thing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm almost there, I'm only two points away. Let's go back. I went back uh, in a day or two. I think it was two days. Third try, I breezed through that test. I passed it. I was like, wow, I did it. I did it. And it was just a very good level of satisfaction. Well, so the nice thing about all of that, it shows, number one, that, you know, you, you stuck with it, which is huge. A lot of people quit, like, after the first time they take the test that they don't pass it. But you stuck with it, and you you came back, you did some classes again, and then you went back at it. And I certainly think having the experience of taking the test once helps people to be able to not be as fearful of it the second time, or again, in your case, the third time. I mean, missing it by two points is like a dagger in the heart. It was. It, was, it really demoralized me, and I was like, man, I can't. I can't let the test beat me again. So I went back and I was like, let's just do it. And, and sure enough, I, uh, on the third try, I did, I do have to tell you, I did, I did uh, take exam smart. Okay. Before the test. That's a great tool here in and Illinois. I felt that helped me quite a bit. And uh, it was almost a replica of the test. So uh, that's, I think, give me a little bit of a push. By the way, I had no doubt that you would ultimately pass the state exam. You, you you did the right things. You you, you studied. You, you, and think about it. It is a new language for people. That's what a lot of new students or people that are considering this don't think about. Is they go, oh, uh, yeah, I'd like to learn this language in two weeks or in four weeks or at least enough of language to be able to pass the state exam. Now, here's the question. Out of all the stuff that I taught you in that class, because I have to, how much of that do you actually use on a day-to-day basis in real estate? <laughs> not, not, not a lot. Not a lot of it. That's right. That's the, yeah. Because the stuff like contracts and the stuff like uh, deeds and title and and legal descriptions, all of that mortgages, all of that is done by other professionals, yeah. right? So 
the fact is, is that the, the real estate course is to give you sort of an overview of real estate. And then once you get out there, you then your company is really responsible for training you on how to do this day to day, right? Correct. So you pass the state exam. Woo! Now talk to us about getting into real estate. What meaning? What was your first year like in real estate? So uh, I, my first year, I did join a team, which uh, I'm glad I did. Uh, and I highly recommend that to new agents that are coming into the business. I think the best route to uh, take as a new agent is to join a team. Okay, uh, so tell us why. Um, why? Because you're learning from um, you're learning. You're in a group, right? You're in a team. Uh, at the time, I was in a team of three, so. Um, you know, I learned from, you know, Mark Santoyo, who has over 20 years of experience, uh, Diana, who also had over five, six years of experience at the time. And so, I mean, I had a, I had a combined almost 30 years of experience to learn from just from two people. And, you know, they just, they just kind of paved the way for, for me. You know, you, you shadow those people versus if you're by yourself, are you shadowing yourself or somebody else, right? Uh, you're shadowing somebody with experience. Uh, you know, those people are also there. You know, they serve as mentors in, in, in a sense, right? They're teaching you everything from A to Z, right? From from how to do showings, how to go out there, you know, how to open a lockbox, right? I've never opened a lockbox before, right? <laughs> um, how to write a contract, how to, how to fill out disclosures properly. Uh, just all the steps that it takes, right? Even from um, how to sit down and, you know, go through a proper buyer consultation with the client and uh just all that you you as a brand new agent you have no idea you have you don't you don't have the uh the roadmap right to get there so you you learn from somebody else that has experience uh you know you you sit on a team and uh, you just kind of absorb you know that that first year use it as a training year right i think in a sense and I think that's the way I felt I took it. The, my first year, I was I was in training and, um, you know, learn, learn from the veterans in the business. And even at the office that I was at, you know, I kind of picked everyone's brain every day. Like I sat with different uh, with different uh, realtors, with other teams and kind of just picked their brain. Everybody has a different perspective of real estate. Right. And everybody uses different tactics. So there's no just one solution to everything. There's, di there's different routes, different solutions, different ideas you can gather from other, other realtors in the business. I was on, only working with buyers, but by month six, I was already, I already knew that I was ready for the listing side as well. And you were, uh, or you weren't ready. I was, I was okay. ready. I was okay, ready. good. So I felt that I was ready. I was, you know, I took everything that was given to me. I put it in my arsenal and I just, you know, became not your average realtor from that point on. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Now, is is that, now, now you stepped away from the team at that point? So how long were you part of the team? No, so I was on a team for one year. That was my contract, yeah. Okay. And and at the end of that year, you felt that, that you could step away from the team and be able to do your business as your own entity? Correct, yeah. Okay. Is that when you, because you use that phrase there, and I know from watching your stuff on, on social media, 
That is sort of your catchphrase. So say that catchphrase again. How do you present yourself? My name is CJ Jimenez and I am not your average realtor. Not your average realtor. So that is sort of the, the catchphrase, the theme that you use throughout all of your marketing and really sort of establish yourself as a separate brand. Now, obviously you were under the company. I mean, it's not like you stepped out and you started your own company at that point, because in mm -hmm. Illinois, you can't do that yet, but you did start at that point to create the brand of CJ Jimenez, the not your average realtor. Right. Was that a conscious thought? Did you purposely do that? So I'm, I'm going to tell you the story behind that. I, I've never told a story in public like this. So I'm going to share the story. Uh, so when I was on the team, um, one of those evenings or afternoons, we we're doing uh, some... Uh, some cold calling and uh, and Diane at the time was sitting next to me I guess she was uh, hearing me out how I you know how I did on my script and I think I did pretty good <laughs> uh, so there was a potential there was another person on the other line I was I was I was talking to them running script through them and uh, and I think the, the the person on the other line the potential client was like so um so what makes you different from other realtors? Like uh, other realtors call me too. And uh, they, they pretty much tell me the same thing as you're telling me. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not the other realtors. I'm not your average realtor. And it just came out like that, like just out of the spur, spur of the moment. And Diana caught it and she's like, did you just, did you just say that you were not your average realtor? <laughs> and, and she caught it. And I was like, I guess I did. And so, and she's like, why don't you just use that hashtag? And that's that's how it started, like at month five or six within the team. And I just started hashtagging, hashtagging it. And then eventually when I became my own um, individual uh, realtor, I just took it to the next level. I just uh, started taking off with marketing. I, I'm not sure you remember. I started doing videos. And at the time, no one in, in that office had had done any type of videos and and no one, no one was comfortable in front of the camera. This was, what, four or five years ago. Uh, it wasn't as hot as it is now, right? So I started branding myself on videos, on social media platforms, and everything, you know, my name is CJ Jimenez, and I'm not your average realtor. And it just stuck, and it stuck, and I started using it, using it until people started coming up to me when I was out in public, and they're like, hey, it's you, not your average realtor. <laughs> so, so, you know... It was working. Yeah, that's fantastic. So so you were on the phone with a live potential customer yeah. or client, right? Yeah. And and so it's sort of you said it, you you it wasn't a thought that you had to say, you no. just said it. And because Diana caught it, it gave you that idea. And and it is certainly blown up your brand. I mean, that like you said, I did see those videos. And you were definitely one of the first people in our market that I was aware of that was out doing videos about properties, right? Mm -hmm. And and different thing, things that were going on, and that and then you posted them on your your various social media. Yeah. So uh, yeah, in the beginning, when I, like I said, when I when I became my own, um, 
I guess, uh, brand. Um, I was like, what is what is the best way for me to, you know, promote myself to, you know, create this brand to create awareness around around myself uh, to let people know, hey, I'm 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 your I'm not your average realtor, right? And what the most powerful thing right now that exists is video. Um, and this was five, four or five years ago. I was like, you know what? Let me let me uh, sit down with somebody that knows what they're doing with marketing, <laughs> and um, I started working with this company, and uh, he was pretty much my marketing media manager at the time. And uh, he sat down with me. He's like, let's let's start doing this. Let's shoot videos. Um, so my first year of videos were really more about me being a realtor, uh, you know, expressing, hey, I'm not your average realtor, and um, it, it it worked. It started it started uh, it started like a lot of people started liking it. A lot of people started getting a lot of views on social media. And um, and essentially it turned into uh, into what it is now. So right now I'm doing, and, and you've seen it, Art, uh, different videos where I showcase neighborhoods in Chicago. So my goal is to showcase all the neighborhoods in Chicago, hopefully one day. And um, and it's really not more of a, hey, everybody already knows I'm a realtor, right? I've been in the business almost five years. Everybody knows I'm a realtor. I don't need to throw that pitch anymore because I just, you know, the business has has led to this point where now, hey, let me talk. Let me talk to you about your neighborhood. This is what your neighbor is offering, and kind of plant that seed where, hey, you know what, man, this this uh, realtor showing some really cool facts about my neighborhood. Maybe I want to move there. Maybe I want to, you know, whatever it is. But uh, it's informational. But at the same time, you know, I throw that little, plant that little seed in there. Hey, I'm still not your average realtor. Right. So it's not so much a pitch about, hey, use me as your realtor, as it is about educating people to a specific neighborhood. And, you know, think about it, man, there's Chicago's got like 77 neighborhoods. So you got some opportunity there for some videos and and talking about all these different neighborhoods for sure. But the the so this was intentional or this is intentional on your part. Right. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And, and and so talk to me because you know I, I I talk to brokers all the time, real estate agents who will say you know social media doesn't work for me. Social media, I don't get deals from social media, you know. And and they just they kind of find it a pain, and they don't really want to do it. I mean, I was just having a discussion with somebody the other day, and they're like, ah, eh, you know what? Social media takes too much of my time, and on and on. What what's your response to that? I mean, what kind of what kind of activity have you gotten off of social media? So so for me, I mean, I, I still think social media is the most powerful powerful tool that we have, right? It doesn't cost you anything to have a social media account, right? So it, it's it's free, right? Um, you can start doing the content. So I I, I started off doing my content with professional, right? So. I want to make sure my content, and I'm still doing it professionally. It looks sharp. It looks clear. It makes me look like I'm really not average, right? So um, a lot of other realtors are doing, you know, videos with their cell phones, and you know they're pretty good quality as well. So you got to find you got to find what works best for you. One, if you're if you're not trying to spend a lot of money on professional marketing, well, you know what? You have a phone that's free, right? It's not costing you anything to make your own videos. Buy a little tripod or something so you can record yourself. And um, you make your own edits, you make your own corrections on the videos. 
So that's not costing you. It's costing you a little bit of time, but you're investing that time into your business at the end of the day. And that's uh, that's the way you should see it. But you also have to do it consistently. If you're only doing one video every three months, well, yeah, you're not going to see a return on that investment. You got to, hey, let's, let's start posting maybe once a week. If you're not feeling comfortable in front of the camera, just, you know, start practicing on your own. Just record for yourself before you post it out in public. But the first thing you got to do is get comfortable in front of the camera because if you are not comfortable in front of the camera, it's definitely not going to work. So let's talk about that. So when you say comfortable in front of the camera, is it just a matter of eye contact? Is it a matter of, you know, being confident in what you're saying? I mean, so what does comfortable in front of the camera mean to you? Uh, yeah, so one, don't don't stutter. Two, it's like practice the script before you actually get in front of the camera. Three, body language, the way you talk, right? sound like you know what you're talking about even if you're even if you're uh, brand new and you have zero experience you have zero sales in your in your resume just talk the way talk the way that you already sold like 100 properties right just don't come off like you're a brand new agent just say hey look, sound confident practice your script that's what i do I, I i write a script for all my videos uh i give it to the uh to the company to you know Try to try to improve it or enhance it, and then we we just make it happen. But I I feel like I'm the director now of all, of all my videos. I I I choose the locations, I do the script, and uh, it is time consuming. But you got to get yourself out there. So what kind of? I mean, you've talked a little bit about the fact that people see you on the street and they're like, "Hey, not your average realtor." But let's talk about business. What kind of business have you gotten from that? Uh, so I'm going to give you uh, an example. So um, I did a, um, I'm not sure you remember my my neighborhood video in Wicker Park. Uh, so from that um, from that video, I actually picked up a couple of seller leads that uh, that were like, "Hey, like we saw your video, um, and uh, we saw that you listed something in, in the neighborhood as well. Can you can you come and check out my property?" So I, I picked up a couple of appointments from them, and. Uh, you know, in real estate, nothing's going to happen overnight. You got to work these leads. You got to, you know, prospect, whatever it is, you, you it's not going to happen overnight. So it might take a couple months. It might take a couple weeks. It might take a year. Right. So it's uh, you got to keep you got to keep working them. So, I mean, these leads are coming organically from so from social media. Um, and if they're seeing you that, you know, you're you're standing out above the other agents in the neighborhood, then of course they're going to call you. Um, uh, I got another call too saying, hey, um, I saw you, uh, you put this list in here and you got it under contract in, in seven days, eight days. How'd you do it? And and again, it, it starts with marketing. You know, I, I showcased them the actual marketing that I did on the property itself. And two, I showed them my my video work and they were like, they were pretty impressed. So um, do not go cheap on marketing. <laughs> well, that's a good tip. Don't go cheap on it. Although I will say, you know, times have changed from when I first started in the business, you know, 20, 29 years ago to today in terms of it doesn't cost as much to market because it used to be people had to do 
newspapers, maybe magazines, that kind of thing, right? And and if I'm hearing you correctly, it's really you spend your money on the production, not necessarily, you know, um, the the actual marketing of it. It seems like you're using free avenues to to get the word out there. Is that true, or are you buying ads or any of that stuff? No, that is, that is true. Um, spending the money on the production part of the marketing, um, you do have the option of doing ads on social media now, right? So I mean, you can. And that is not expensive at all either. I mean, invest a hundred bucks a month, a couple hundred bucks a month if, if you have the uh, of the budget to do it. I mean, that's another avenue to further expand, right? What, what you're working on. Yeah. And so it, again, the the investment of this really seems to be your time. Right. So do you do you apportion a bit of your time every week? I mean, how do you make sure that you do this consistently? So you do have to time block. Uh, anytime I do any type of video shoot, I know it's going to take at least minimum three to four hours. OK, so you got to definitely got to plan your weeks ahead. I like planning my months ahead. So um I plan my month ahead. I pick the day that, uh, you know, I'm just going to time block that specific day for, for shooting video and uh, and just get out of the way. If it's if it's early, if it's early in the month, I mean, even better. So you block it, you do it, and then you edit it and you get it out there. Then the the marketing team edits it. I don't I just. Oh, for all the right. Product, yeah. Got it. So you have a group that does that piece for you. Yes. But I mean, uh, the average broker, which you're not, um, would be <laughs> able to do, if they chose, they'd be able to spend more time on the editing, meaning they'd be able to do that as well. Yeah. Uh, me personally, I'm not, I wasn't, I wasn't designed to do any editing whatsoever. So I'd rather pay somebody else to do it for me. All right, good use of your time. I understand. I will say that that I've run into tools myself that you know do allow people to be able to edit to a great degree. Uh, I'm not what you would call technically adept, so I would agree with you if I can get somebody else to do it that is technically adept. Woo! But the average real estate broker probably could do it themselves if they chose. Correct. All right. So in terms of building your business over these last five years, um, using the different social media. So talk to me about, you know, the progress that you've made in terms of production as you go year to year. So uh, first first year on my own, um, uh, which was my second year in the business, uh, I took it as a hey, let's let's get out there, let's let's test the waters, let's see how let's see how it goes, right? And let, let's put the the skills and the knowledge that I learned the year before into place, right? Um, and I started working both sides, the buyer side and the listing side. And I I've always had a natural thing for listings. I don't know, that's just me. I like I like getting in front of those clients. I like interviewing interviewing for those listings. I've had listings where I've interviewed against five, six other agents, and you know, we we get the listing. <laughs> um, 
but you know, pre presentation is, is all about presentation. I'm a big believer of uh, you got to be on time, right? Uh, early is on time, on time is late. Um, Good. And for me, my biggest thing, and I, I know my previous office knows me for this, you got to dress like you're selling million dollar homes all the time because you never know who you're going to run into. You never know who you're going to walk into, come across, right? And, uh, and me, you know how I dress hard, right? <laughs> right. You're always in a suit and a tie. Yes. When always you go gotta, out for business. I always got to look sharp. Um, but uh, yeah, my first year in the business, um, I got to say, I, I, if, I, if I'm correct, I closed right under 12 deals, I believe, that, uh, okay. that second year. And this was all on my own. You know, I had, uh, I had to come up with all, everything out of pocket, right? My own marketing costs, uh, you know, everything that I wanted to invest in my own business had to come out of pocket because I was on my own. Right. Um, 10 or 12 deals, I believe it was. So, uh, you know, I made, I think I made, what was it? maybe like 60K, 70K, something like that. So. Uh, and the goal for me, in my, in my mind, I'm not, you know, I'm going to make a hundred thousand one day, right? In this business, right? So, uh, biggest tip for new, new agents, do not come into this business thinking you're going to make a lot of money immediately because it doesn't happen like it happens on TV, right? <laughs> right. Uh, HGTV, that's, I don't know, that's, that's very scripted, uh, and sometimes even on social media, right? Some, sometimes you may get misled by, hey, you're going to make a lot of money in real estate, right? But you're going to make a lot of money if you, you know, put the time into it, put the effort, spend some money. You got to spend some money to make some money. Right. Um, and clients or customers, they want to work with somebody with experience, right? So I felt like that was one of my biggest struggles in the beginning. Like, hey, what do you have? What have you sold? What And, and usually like, Zillow tells you, right, what you've sold throughout your career. And uh, some people look you up and they're like, hey, let me see what you sold. And in the beginning, it was it was tough getting uh, clients because, you know, you really don't have a whole lot of resume to show. For it. <laughs> so so uh, I got to say, I'm very thankful to those people that gave me the opportunity in the beginning, like family and friends. That is what's going to help you in the beginning to, you know, establish yourself, your, your circle of influence is going to be your biggest source of business in the beginning. So, you know what, go through, go through your cell phone, go through your own personal contacts and just go down the list, right? Hey, text blast them. Hey, I'm a realtor now. Hey, call them. Hey, how you been? You know, just, just an FYI. I'm a realtor now. You're looking to buy or sell, you know, I'm your guy, right? <laughs> So that was how much of that cost me? Nothing. It cost me absolutely nothing. Um, I just I was just paying for for marketing videos at the time, but I felt like my third year in the business, you know, I I started to, I started taking off. It's when um, I made almost a hundred thousand, but I was like, man, I'm not quite there where I want to be at. Um, you know, started expanding my horizon a little bit. I started doing the uh, the benches on the bus. Uh, started just plastering my face all over the city. <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't get a whole lot of uh, return on investment like on those bus benches. But guess what? Like, you know, my face was out there. 
Now your average realtor was out there. My phone number, my information was out there. My face with my logo was out there. So it was it was more exposure than anything. And I think this business is a whole lot about exposure, how you carry yourself, how you market yourself. So if you put yourself out there, you're little by little, like I said, nothing happens overnight in, in this business, but little by little, you're going to start seeing something trickling in, right? And, you know, that's where you have to catch it. You grab it, you bring it in, you farm it, you nurture it, and eventually one day it's going to pay results. Yeah, Absolutely. So it was just consistently getting yourself out there. Now, here's what I find interesting, too, is that you you de definitely hit on a point where I talk about this all the time, is the low-hanging fruit in this business is your sphere of influence. These are the people that are most likely going to help you. And... You know, you get a lot of people that say, oh, I don't have a sphere of influence and, you know, all this as they get into the business. But people don't realize the sphere of influence that they actually have. You know, oh, I've moved to a new place. I don't know anybody. Okay, well, there's opportunities for you to get out there and meet some people. But certainly having the ability to talk to the people who already know, like, and trust you is absolutely the way to go to get the more immediate response for your business that's what i'm hearing you say is that true no that is that is 100 true so um yeah circle of, circle of influence and i uh i actually masterminded with uh with a top realtor in chicago as well and um and at the, at the time i felt i needed a different perspective from somebody else outside my company and he was like, you know what, you know what I do? I just hit my circle of influence and that just kind of paves the way. You know, you, you hit a couple of those circle of influences. Guess what? That friend, that cousin, whoever it is, is going to refer you to another couple people. Then those people are going to refer you to another couple people. And then that just expands and, it, and then your phone doesn't stop ringing at some point. <laughs> Love that. Never complain about that, man. Yeah. If the phone doesn't ring, that means you're not doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> so after your third year, you sort of built up and I mean, you've been building consistently. And so this past year, what, uh, what was your production for uh, 2022? Yeah. So for me, every year, the goal is to grow right from, from the year before uh, growth year over year is, is the key to success. Um, Last year was my my best year of my career, 2022. Um, I hit a little bit shy of eight million for the year. Excellent, congratulations! Uh, I hit the biggest sale of my career at 1.275 million. There you go. I just felt, like, you know, what I put myself out there. I, uh, you know, for me, I just work hard. I work hard every day. I don't know. I don't know any other way to do it. Uh, there's no secret. There's no success. There's no uh, shortcut to success. Um, like I said earlier, you you cannot come thinking into this business. Oh, I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars like my first six months because it's probably not going to happen, right? Unless you uh, unless you have one of those developer friends that uh, <laughs> that's going to swing some uh, nice uh, big building deals your way. 
So it just seems like your consistency is what's helped you build. The fact that, I mean, you know, we talk about it's grinding, right? Grinding every day. That's it. Uh, answer answer your phone. I think, uh, you know, for, for those new agents out there, you got to answer your phone all the time. You got to communicate. Uh, you got to... There's there's a lot of ten year season uh, agents in this business now, and they you know they expect calls, they expect either text message, um, reply to those emails. So communication consistency is gonna is gonna bring you success in this business. Hey there, real estate roundtable podcast listeners. I want to take a moment to tell you about our sponsor. I love real estate school. If you're looking to get your real estate license or fulfilling your continuing education requirements, I love real estate schools got you covered. As an Illinois licensed school, they offer the state required broker pre-license course, managing broker pre-license courses, post-licensing courses, and continuing education. And the best part, you can take the courses either through their live stream with the live instructor or online home study. So no matter where you are, you can get the education you need to take your real estate career to the next level. I Love Real Estate School is committed to helping you succeed in the industry. That's why they offer comprehensive, high quality education at an affordable price. So if you're ready to start your real estate journey or stay up to date with your continuing education, head on over to iloverealestateschool.com today to learn more. All right. So, you know, I ask all of my guests this question. So somebody new coming into this business, because, you know, I deal with new people coming into the business all the time. Um, what would be the one piece of advice that you would give a new person coming into real estate at this point in time? Always be open to uh, advice or coaching from others. Okay. That's the biggest thing. Um, always, always be open to learning from the people that have already been in this business because uh, there's agents that have been doing this, what, 10, 15, 20 years. And they're pretty much going to tell you the same thing that I'm going to tell you right now because there's there's been nothing different outside outside of technology because technology has has improved, changed over the years. But the basics, like you know, your basic sales tactics, answering phone calls, being on time, dressing professional, uh hitting, yeah, I said hitting the phones. The basics haven't changed from from the agents from from you from you are right all the way right. to like ages that have been in the business 10, 15 years to to me to the to, to the new agents that's never gonna change. So always make sure you're doing the basics. Always make make sure you're if you're bringing the business, go to all the trainings that your office offers you. Go to go to maybe outside trainings where you're you know networking with other professionals in the business. Uh, create those relationships because this is a relationship business. Uh, for me personally, I can tell you right now that my my business partners, it, it's a very small circle now where, you know, I only work with one attorney, I only work with one investor, and I only work with three lenders. 
Okay. Yeah. So you keep the team pretty tight. Pretty tight. We're on the same page. We all speak the same language and uh, we, we all know how we work. <laughs> Why is that important to have a team in your mind? Uh, just so everything runs smooth, right? You have a, for me, it's like having a well-oiled machine, right? So all the, uh, everything is, um, all the gears are going in the same direction. It's, everything's running smooth. Uh, it just leads to an overall smooth transaction, right? From the moment you go under contract all the way to the closing table. And, uh, and that's very important. So the other side, right, you're going to, you're going to have, a the counterparts on the other side were, hey, like you build that reputation. So just to give you an example. Two years ago, I believe it was two years ago, I closed on a uh, buyer in Matson. I impressed the heck out of that listing agent. And he was like, man, let's, let's work together again. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure we'll see each other down, down the road. Um, recently, I picked up another client that was looking in Matson again. So I called his listing agent. I'm like, hey, you got anything coming up in Matson? He's like, I actually do. <laughs> so uh off market went to go see it my client loved it i'm like alex i want this property you're like write it up and it's yours and and that's just because of the you know the way you handle yourself as a professional you handle that transaction right from a to z and and trust me agents do not forget your name and when you when you uh, when you look good in that deal, they're gonna remember that. When you, and when you look bad, they're also gonna remember. So, uh, especially in this market right now, where, where we're going against, I'm going against like 15, 20 other offers on on the buyer side. And uh, if you know, if I know that I that I made an impression on that agent, hey, make that call right away. I'm like, hey, look, remember how we worked this deal last time? It's gonna be the same or better this time. So your your ability to use the team um, is what gives your client the kind of uh, the transaction, very smooth transaction, it sounds like. Very smooth, yeah. And so how have you handled, because we all know that stuff comes up, right? And unexpected stuff comes up throughout a deal. Not every deal necessarily, but some deals. So how have you dealt with the stuff that, that comes up, the unexpected stuff? Uh, kind of just go back to the drawing board, you know, kind of take a step back. Let's, let's, uh, usually, usually it's uh, something with the client, right? Maybe, maybe funds uh, to close, maybe something happened in between, maybe, you know, I just kind of, kind of take a step back, you know, try to find a solution. I'm, I'm the type of agent that does not cancel deals. Like, I don't like can That does not exist in my vocabulary, canceling. <laughs> so I always go back to the drawing board and, you know, try to find a, a different solution, right? Different avenue, at least come up with a plan B and C, right? To make sure we close on that deal. So, um, and if I can't come up with the solution, you know, I'm gonna go to my managing broker. Be like, "Hey, managing broker, can you uh, can we go through this scenario real quick and just see if we can come up with a solution?" Yeah, get you some different ideas on what you could try as part of you know you going back to the drawing board. Right. Uh, the managing broker is a great tool that all agents should use. Okay, so that person with the experience who obviously has an invested interest in you being successful 
can use that experience to help you with particular deals. Correct. That's good. And it's good that you feel comfortable being able to go to your DMB. So in Illinois, it's the designated managing broker. It's good that you feel comfortable being able to do that. And do you feel that your DMB is, is responsive to you in those areas? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, whether it's whether it's a phone call, I always get a response right away. Whether it's a text, response right away. Email, like all doors are always open. Well, wait, let me ask you this: you know, don't you feel stupid asking somebody for help? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it was a facetious question, obviously, but. You know, you get a lot of people that will say to me, oh, I, I don't want to bother the DMV. I don't want to look. I should know. I mean, you've been in the business five years, right? You should know. And, and that is actually not the truth, is it? I mean, I've been doing this a long time. If I don't know something, I'm going to go ask somebody else for help. And it doesn't reflect on me not knowing. It doesn't, I don't go, oh, I'm going to look like an idiot because I don't know this, right? What it does, though, is it, is it educates me to what I don't know so that in the future, I will know it. Yeah. Nothing wrong with asking for help. Nothing wrong. And everything always changes in this business. So since I took your uh, class art, you know how many times a contract has changed? Uh, at least three. Yep, three times. <laughs> so, so uh, when 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 a new version of the uh, multi board comes out, right? Who who am I gonna ask? Right, my managing broker. That's not something to feel dumb about. It's just things change, and uh, real estate is consistently changing all the time. Uh, right now, we're in we're in a, we're in a situation where there's one low inventory, two more buyers and sellers, right? Three, we're having for every for every property that comes out, you have what 20, 30 agents showing the same property. So you're competing against another maybe 15, 20 offers on that deal. So we're we're uh, we're always working different avenues, different ways how to uh, you know how to get that deal done, right? Um, Negotiation skills are important. Yes, negotiation skills are important. And there's, you know, one thing that I didn't learn in class that we're using now is uh, appraisal gap addendums. Well, yeah, you didn't learn it in class because we didn't really have them when you were in class. We didn't, right? <laughs> right. So why don't you, for the people who don't know what an appraisal gap addendum is, why don't you explain that? So right now we're we're... Like I said, we're competing very heavily in this market. So if you put in an offer and 99% of chance that most likely it's going to be over list price, right? I mean, still, you still do your due diligence and run comps on it, make sure that the listing agent did his or her job the right way as well. But if, um, if you're putting an offer higher than that asking price, the the seller or the listing agent might come back and say, well, hey, like, what's what's the guarantee that you're giving me that your buyer is going to pay for this price that you put on your contract, right? So, my guarantee is an appraisal gap addendum, right? So, I'm gonna put in, we're gonna put in writing that. Let's just throw a number out there, right? 
300,000. Agent listed property for 300,000. We put an offer for 325. So we went 25K over asking price. Um, you know, I'm gonna ask my I'm gonna ask my buyer, hey, how comfortable do you feel uh, of a gap to cover out of pocket, right? In case it doesn't appraise. Um, typically right now I'm doing anywhere between five and ten thousand dollars, right? Um, so I put an offer for 325. I'm going to include with that offer an appraisal gap, but then I'm saying, hey, like if the property doesn't appraise for 325, my buyer's willing to pay $5,000 over the, uh, the appraisal value that it comes back at. Let's talk about that because my impression, and I could be wrong, so I'm always willing to be wrong, is that an appraisal gap addendum says to the seller, look, we're going to offer 325 using your number, right? We're going to offer 325. We, the buyer, have the funds to be able to meet the difference in case that appraisal comes in at less than what our offer is. Is that not what it is? That yeah, that is that is what it is. So let's say let's say in that situation, right? The, let's say the uh, appraisal comes at, comes back at 315. Um we already have that gap within them in place where, you know, it, it already underappraised. So my buyer at that point would be responsible for paying the extra 5K, which it didn't appraise for. Got it. So in your addendum gap, you're putting a cap on it. So it's not, I mean, if if you were buying, if they were buying it for 325 and it comes back at 300, it's not like your buyer is going to have to cough up $25,000 to meet that gap. No, I, I put on there, we're going to cover up to $5,000 of the, of the difference. Excellent. Okay. So that's a great strategy then, CJ, because I will tell you that my experience with other agents is that they're very leery of an appraisal gap addendum because they feel that it leaves their client open to whatever the number is. And maybe the client doesn't have that kind of cash. That's when you, uh, you know, you talk to your buyer first, make sure you, you know, they have the actual funds before, you know, before you put it. Well, own. what I'm talking about though, is the 25 grand in your oh, yeah. case, by you capping it, you already know what they have the ability to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely want to put a, client covering a 25k gap or right difference right because then you know unless they they're they've got money besides what they were putting down it's going to hurt them in terms of being able to close now let's look at it from the other side uh the sale the seller's point of view how have seller agents responded to that type of an appraisal gap addendum oh they love it i already know it's going to put me in the top three offers Oh, excellent. All right. And what kind of feedback have you gotten? Is is that one of the reasons that certain sellers have chosen your, your client's offer? Yeah, uh, not only that, uh, but but feedback that I've gotten from other agents is like your offer came in clean, like you you wrote it correctly. You left no empty blank spaces. You put the initials where they actually belong. Uh, you put all the... You put, <laughs> This is something class. <laughs> you you put all the uh, make sure you put all the information from the listing agent side. Like 
their brokerage or phone name, their phone number, email, license number, broker's license number. All that makes your offer, you know, stand out, makes you look like you know what you're doing. Because the agent never met you, but if they see that you're writing these offers right, then, I mean, you're doing something right. Um, there's a lot of contingencies that are being waived right now. So, I mean, that's what I would be cautious with some of those. Um, but always, you know, talk to the buyer, always make sure they're comfortable with, with whatever you're, you're recommending. So let's talk about that for a second then. The the one that I most commonly hear is that people are like, well, if you waive the home inspection, are, are you a fan of doing that? So I did that for one of my deals this week that got accepted. Yeah, so, uh, but the property, uh, the property looks solid, pristine. And with experience, you're gonna you're gonna know you know what defects to look for in a house. Even though I'm not I'm not a licensed inspector, right? We're not licensed inspectors, but you know what to look for now. You've been in the business three, four, five years. I've seen I don't know how many houses, I've, a lot of houses in my career, and and you know what to look for. So if you feel comfortable, your, your buyer trusts you and, you know, you want to make that recommendation, explain what you're doing and explain, you know, what, what could be the, the setbacks with that, right? I mean, you know, they're pretty much liable for anything after that on their own out of pocket and, uh, you know, taking it as is. Right. The, um, the thing with, with the waiving the, the home inspection I, I am got to tell you, I'm not a fan of doing this for first time home buyers. Um, because even though we have the experience, they don't know what that actually ends up meaning. Where I'm much more of a fan of it if I have an investor client who's bought multiple properties and they go, Oh, I've walked through it. I, I'm okay. I don't need an inspection. Okay. But I, I, you know, I always encourage my clients to get an inspection because it, it helps to protect them. But occasionally it is a way to get a property uh, or an offer accepted. Yeah. And, and right now you just got to, you just got to be very, very, um, I don't know, very unique in the way you present your offers so they can, uh, you know, like I said, make, make the top three on that house. Yeah. And here's the thing, and, and you know, you sort of laughed about it or you, you chuckled a bit when you said making sure that you fill the form out entirely, correctly. And the reason we sort of laugh about that is because there are so many deals that come across people's desks that are just missing stuff. I mean, you got to wonder, did the broker or the agent not like, don't you know how to fill out the form? And, and the completeness of it, you know, the, the buyer's attorney, all the stuff on the buyer's side, the lender, all that stuff. If you're repping the buyer, you should have all of that stuff, right? Yes. Yes, it's like, it's like an elementary school turning in homework with no name, no teeth. <laughs> and so they go, yeah, I think we're going to talk to the smarter kids, you know? <laughs> Right, exactly what it is, and, and I've had a couple of listening just call me just personally on that. They're like, 
your offers come in very well written. So let me ask you this. What one skill do you think a is the most important skill that a real estate broker agent needs to have? Communication skills. Because we do talk a lot in this business, right? That's how we do talk. <laughs> You're talking your way into, into selling something. You're talking to your clients, whether it's a buyer or seller, consistently. Uh, you got to talk to the other parties, right? The listing side. You got to talk to the parties involved in your transaction, whether it's a transaction coordinator, attorney, lender. Um, everybody needs to communicate to get the deal done. And, and there's different ways of communication, right? There's a phone call, there's text messages, there's email. So make sure that you're always answering back in a timely manner. Uh, some uh, some agents, that's a turnoff for them. If they don't hear from you with, like, within the hour, like, man, I'm not going to work with this guy or this agent. Um, for me, like, I tell my lenders, we're going to work together. You better pick up your phone. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that 100%. Have you had experiences where you're the guy trying to get a hold of the other agent and they don't call you back, they don't respond? Have you had that? Yes. How's that make you feel? I mean, I mean, it's like, for me, I'm a professional. I'm going to answer the phone or I'm going to, hey, you know what? Let me text you real quick. I can't talk right now. I'm in a meeting, but give me 30 minutes. I'll call you right back. And I understand that. Like, I mean, we're, we're with, we're in appointments all the time. We're with clients all the time. We're on showings. We're doing something all the time, but you can at least give a quick courtesy. Like, hey, I'm in a meeting. Let me call you back in 30. So, you know, I'll get students in class when we're talking about communication that will say to me, can I do this business, you know, from my computer? What's your answer to that? <laughs> uh how are you gonna how are you gonna show houses through a computer? Well, I mean, we've certainly done it in the past, right? During COVID. We certainly did. But I would imagine that people need to realize coming into this business that it is a belly-to-belly -belly business, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we did it. We did it briefly during COVID, where we were sh doing virtual showings, right? But I mean, you still had to get out of your seat and go to the actual house and show the house through a phone. But you cannot just sit behind a computer and think think you're going to get paid magically through I don't know how, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good. Yeah, yeah. You got to show houses, right? You got to market yourself. I I still did door hanging during my time. Um, what else? Uh, when you go under contract, I mean, who's you gotta you gotta go to the inspection, right? You gotta be there because uh, legally, right? You can't uh, let the inspector in the house right by themselves without a licensed uh, uh, realtor, right? Being there, uh, I don't know if it's legally. I'm sure that that's that they would much prefer. That I mean, you can't give them the code to the door, so somebody has to open the door for them. But I've certainly had sellers open the door for them. I've had other brokers, like if I'm the buyer's broker, I would obviously open the door for an inspector, right? Or if the seller's broker was available, they could do that. 
I mean, it's really just a matter of getting them access. We cannot hand away our access to somebody else. That's what you mean. Don't give away your central lack of no, 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 no. We do not give that away. <laughs> so let me ask you this as we start to, to wrap up here. Um, if you today, being CJ today, were to go back to CJ five years ago, what piece of advice would you give yourself five years ago knowing what you know now about real estate? Man, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I think, I mean, I did things the right way, but, um, you know, I never give up on myself. I've always kept pushing. I've always wanted to do more. I always want to keep growing every year. Um, so I would, I would just go back and say, CJ, you did the right thing here. Uh, and, uh, also one thing, one thing that I haven't mentioned when, when I, when I sign up for your class, I quit my other job a hundred percent. Oh yeah. So, and I forgot who told me that, but I, and I told myself, so I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to do something, and this is just naturally the way I do things. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it hundred percent. I'm going to give it my all. So, um, I just now being in the business for almost five years, part part time real estate does not it doesn't work. Well, I mean, there are people who would argue with you and say that they've had a fine career part time. Yeah, but, but you have potentially a different level of success. Yes, uh, and, and yeah, and it, and it all depends where you want to take it, right? So yeah, if you're fine doing. A few deals a year, extra income on the side. Okay, I guess that works for you. But me, I want to get to that one million dollar commission a year, and I'm Good not going to go. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that part time. <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, it's interesting. You, you, it sort of goes along with the burn the boats mentality, right? I don't remember who it was, but when they came to a certain land, they said, "Well, how are we going to? You know, are we going back?" And he said, "No, there's no." He burned every boat. So they didn't have a choice. They either move forward or they die on the spot. Yeah. And so with you quitting your job, it was sort of a burn the boat moment. Yeah. I mean, it fueled, it fueled a little bit more fire in my ass. And I was like, now nah, I really got to pass this. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, had, you had some urgency there, didn't you? I was like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready for a new career. I'm ready to, you know change things in my life. And, uh, I'm glad I, I made that decision. I'm, I'm, I don't, um, so I, I guess, I, I guess that was, that's what I would tell myself five years ago from now, you know, I like, Hey, you did the right thing. You know, it was a very risky move. I quit my full-time job and I went straight to your class and you know what, we're here five years later and it's paid off like, well, yep, absolutely. Well, you know, it's it's one of those things where one of the reasons I wanted us to talk to you is because you've shown the ability to stick with it. And right from the get-go, you know, not letting the test beat you and beating the test and then joining the team and then expanding to being on your own and building your brand, 
really it, it is a a testament to your ability to stick with it and to make even higher goals i mean i i think it's a great goal to say i want to make a million dollars a year in real estate and it's just a numbers game to be able to do it and when you hit certain numbers the more you sell the more money you're going to make and at some point when you sell enough you'll make your million dollars so it seems like you have a plan and it also looks like you're you're really following that plan to the point where you know you're encouraged year after year to continue on and and create even bigger goals yeah and it just got to stick to the plan i mean like i said in the beginning there's no there's no shortcut there's no secret uh everybody just works hard in this business and uh you yourself got to tell yourself you know where 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 do you want to get what do you want to reach what are your goals right and uh for me i mean in the beginning when i was in your class i didn't know i can make this much money i didn't know a million dollars was attainable and it is attainable as long as you put all your efforts into it your head everything everything you just gotta just gotta do it there's no you can't wake up late you can't slack off a couple of days you know you slack up a, you slack off a couple of days your pipeline starts suffering any last words of advice you'd like to give to anybody that's in the business about to get in the business um so like i said earlier um just don't come in with that mentality i'm going to be rich in a, in a month or so <laughs> uh it's not what it looks like on hgtv or on social media it's you got to you got to really grind in this business and uh, and three, do not ever let anyone tell you you can't do it because you can. If you want to do marketing videos and people start hating on you because of that, and that person's not doing marketing videos, guess what? Don't listen to that person, right? <laughs> if if you're doing something different, you know what? Try it out. Give it a shot. And you know, at the end of the day, it's the effort you put into it. You give it a shot, and if it didn't work, then let's let's move on to something else. But do not let anyone ever in this business tell you you can't do marketing. Do not let anyone tell you, oh, you can only work with buyers, not sellers, because you know what? There's a whole field out there that you can do in real estate. Uh, and in, in me, I've, I've learned, I thought it was just residential when I came in. And it's no, there's, there's more, right? There's new development, new construction, commercial. I mean, sky's the limit with real estate. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I think that is a tremendous piece of advice is don't let anybody tell you what you can't do because there are a lot of naysayers out there, right? I mean, you started doing video before anybody was doing video and look at how you've built your brand. And there are so many different avenues today. And, and you know, again, it's one of those things, doesn't matter what your age is. You know, there's a significant difference between your age and my age. And the fact is, is you're doing it your age. I can do video at my age. There's, it, it's just a matter of actually taking the time and doing it. It's, it's that simple. And you have taken the time and you've done it and you've done it well. And I want to congratulate you on that because your career is continuing to grow 
And, you know, certainly I'm proud of the fact that you were one of my students and, and that I was, uh, you know, a teeny part there on the front end to get you to doing what you want to do. And, and so, you know, congratulations on, on what a great career and obviously best wishes for a continued growth path. I look forward to watching your career as we go. I'm a very proud Arbutusi alumni. <laughs> and <laughs> well, thank uh, you. If, if anyone out, out there wants to sell million dollar homes, that is also a reality. You can do it. It might take different people different times, right? It took me four years to do it. It might take somebody else a year, two years. But we all have different roadmaps. It's not the same. The same strategy for everyone is not the same end results for everyone. But and that's totally attainable as well. Like if you want to come in this business, be a million dollar agent, sell million dollar homes consistently. I mean, just just work hard for it. Yeah, I think um, you are definitely proof of that, my friend. By the way, if anybody would like to reach out to contact CJ to ask him anything about what he's talked about, his contact information is going to be in the show notes. So CJ has graciously allowed me to make that offer so that if anybody's got a question for him, they can do that. So feel free to do that. Thank you so much for doing that, CJ. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. And, um, you know, if I can ever help in the future, you know where to find me. Thank you so much. You're on my speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, CJ. Thanks again to our sponsor, I Love Real Estate School. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Estate Roundtable podcast. I hope you enjoyed hearing from our amazing guest and you picked up some valuable tips and insights that you can use in your own real estate business. If you liked what you heard today, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Your support means the world to us and helps us bring you more great content in the future. And if you're an agent who's interested in coaching, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me directly through my website, myrealestatesalesmanager.com or connect with me on social media. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you the next time in the Real Estate Roundtable Podcast.